Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to Baseball Mainly. Baseball Mainly. Baseball Mainly. Baseball Mainly. Welcome to Baseball Mainly. Well, here we are again. I'm back. You're back. I was afraid Peter was going to take my job. Not even close. Well, but hey, we had a great time with Peter. Yeah, it's up. good to have uh, Mr. Perlman on. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody to keep uh, Ethan in check. <laughs> Well, uh, of course, with us today, my friend, Corey, my friend, Stuart. That's going to be It's good to title. have you back, Jess. Yeah, it's great to be back. However, uh, I'm going to miss the sunshine. Of course. Look how tan he is, people. Uh, was, Look how tan was, he got. It was wonderful. <laughs> and also with us, Ethan, the Statman Perlman. How's it going? You know what? It feels like Florida in here. It's kind of warm today. Is it? It's kind of chill. Okay. Give me the warmth. Yeah. Give me the. Yeah, just always cold. Just, just to clear up where I was, because I heard you guys say (laughs) none none of us were sure where you were. To be honest, I was at fantasy camp. Okay, so so Peter knew. I wasn't at fantasy camp. I was at the Roy Hobbs World Series, Mm -hmm. which is an event that takes place in Fort Myers, Florida. Put on by the Roy Hobbs Baseball League, which is a men's senior league, mm-hmm. and it starts in October and it goes to last through last week, and it each week there are varying age groups, mm-hmm. and there are probably a couple hundred teams come to this because there were just there were thirty six teams, I believe it's thirty five or thirty six in my age division. Wow. And and that's just one of several age divisions. So mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of revenue comes to the Fort Myers area because of this, but also really great baseball fields. Uh, if you're watching me, it wasn't great baseball, but there was a lot of good baseball played down there, and it was a lot of fun. And I'm happy to be home because I need to recuperate. Mm. But uh, great to be back. Missed you guys. Missed you, Jess. Yeah. So uh, what's going on, Ethan? Ah, well, you know, we got a lot of things to talk about today. We didn't get to last week the Astros sign stealing saga, so we'll. Oh, I'm looking forward to we'll talking talk about, about that. that. Yeah. And uh, I have a very, very hot take on this because of what people are, you know, wanting as punishment. I, I have to say, if uh, if more players spoke out from other organizations, I don't think team owners would be calling for what they're calling for. Sure, but. We'll get into that in a minute. First, we got to do this day in baseball history. Sure. Which, uh, Corey, were you around in 1960? I was, just in a different body. Okay. (laughs) Well, in 1960, we had the uh, moving from Washington, D.C. to Minneapolis, Minnesota. The Minnesota Twins officially become an organization. Mm -hmm. Then, an expansion team is now in the state cap you know nation's capital and they will use the name the senators but will also be an entire in an entirely different division mm-hmm. and different franchise from when they moved really? so they were the senators before they went to minnesota and there was a new senators organization mm-hmm. in dc yeah sounds pretty typical of washington dc right sure they just changed the players it's the same old junk mm-hmm I'm sorry. That was my political comment for the day. <laughs> and then we jump to 1996. I don't remember this one bit. Uh-huh. Um, the the owner's approval of the collective bargaining agreement 
regular season interleague play and revenue sharing becomes a reality. Three weeks after the vote went 18 to 12 to not have this happen, a overwhelming vote of 26 to 4 overrules it three weeks after the initial vote. And, wow. we, and we know why it was approved, right? Because? Money. Because money's important. It's always money. money. When people oh. change their votes, it's always about money. And uh, the interleague play, I don't, th- I, I don't like it. I, I, it's not what I grew up with. Yeah. The American League played the American League. National League played the National League. And we'll see. Give me the best team from each league, and we'll mm-hmm. see who's the better. Sure. Right? That's called the World Series. Yeah. Now, you know, I mean, you might have, for example, you might have the Astros uh, playing the uh, Braves. Right. Early in the season, too. Yeah. Yeah. So it kind of takes some of the allure away from it, I think. A little bit. But if you grew up, as you guys did— Without it being this way, sure, you know this is just normal. Yeah, I kind of like it in a way, only for the sense of like you can create a rivalry. So early in the season, say like Washington was playing Houston, and something happened on the field, and there was a scuffle. Players hold on to those sort of things. I mean, yeah, you play two months later in the first pitch that some guys had, and. Yep. Uh, and yeah. that just makes it for a very interesting uh, uh, rivalry, so to speak. Because we don't really have rivalries anymore. Like, you can't say Boston and New York are a rivalry anymore. If to me, at least. Because if, oh, yeah, if, yeah. if there isn't a brawl in a two-year span, you're not a rival. Right. That's what I'm Let's saying. put it that way. And, like, who's the... Well... Who's the Tigers' the rival? The Yan- As of right now, based on the latest fights, yeah. it's got to be the Yankees. Is it then everybody it against, all, everyone against the Yankees? It was because it used to be like the White Sox and like you know Cleveland, but now it's just like well we suck, but it's like mm, there's really no rivalry. So with the, the Tigers. Tigers and the Yankees was Cabrera and Romine, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Not well, Andrew. and Gary Sanchez got into it with his stupid sucker punch that nobody ever wanted to give him wait, punishment on. Wait, on, on Castellanos? No, well, yeah, on Castellanos. Yeah, yeah. And he was on down, Cabrera. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He did it on both of them. Yep. And then he walks away, mm-hmm. and the Major League Baseball did nothing about it. Nope. Even though he's clearly caught on camera sucker punching both of those guys yes. and then just walking away. I know. Ugh. Well, uh, you know, my probably my favorite Tiger team was the 68 team because mm-hmm. that was— that was really special to me yeah. when they won the World Series. But those guys would say, you know, I remember talking to Jim Northrup. He said, well, we lost some games, but we never lost any fights. Nope. And they had Willie Horton. Mm-hmm. They had uh, Bill Freehand. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had some brawlers. Uh, Gates Brown, who's a pretty tough dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I can't imagine the Tigers of 68 losing any fights. <laughs> but, you know, big league ball players are are bigger and stronger today than in that era. Yeah, that's true. And their workout the, habits are, are different. And the the um, the amount of money they're making, the cost to somebody's career mm-hmm. from throwing a punch, yep, or being struck by a punch, mm-hmm. it, it could be huge. Huge, huge. I mean, we're talking. Uh, you know, I, I saw one uh, a guy. You know, Wainwright plays for uh, the Cardinals. Free agent just got signed. One year deal. He's at the end of his career. Mm-hmm. One year, five million dollars. Sure. You know, there are guys being signed for thirty million a year. Yeah. Imagine somebody hitting that guy in the head, knocking him out, and giving him a concussion 
there ends his career. Well, that's kind of how the whole t- the Yankees and Tigers thing started. Was that series? Every pitcher was throwing at everybody, and McCann got hit in the head, and then people were throwing McCann got hit little, in the head twice. twice. And then, like, all of a sudden, it was just people throwing inside and behind people and warnings and warnings. And it just escalated so much that it was like, okay, you're going to throw at Cabrera, which is not a good idea because Cabrera, as much as he is a loving, I love being on the field with people, mm-hmm. you piss him off in the wrong way. He's going to, he obviously showed what he can do. And he's, and Romine was all, all in I the get, wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. And all you got to say for Austin Romine is that guy's got a set of balls. Too good. Because not only was he, you know, willing to put down the let's hit Cabrera side. Yep. He had the the balls to stand up and talk and, and try to talk, yeah. talk to him about yeah. it. Yeah. No, like, it's, it, it does it didn't make sense to me because like if you look at it and we've shown the footage of yeah. him, you Cabrera's gonna get got destroyed. a size different. There's a huge size difference, and 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 Romine's not a, a small guy, but. Lengthwise, like Cabrera knew what he was, who, who he was mm-hmm. fighting, and he knew how he wanted to Maybe fight. Maybe Romine thought with all the extra protection, he would have, you know, not taken as much of a beating. Yeah, I guess, but <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine. It's hard. I think it was be would be hard to get Miggy mad. It he would, just seems uh, to be pretty laid back, yes. nice guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, somebody's throwing at you mm-hmm. with, you know, in the '90s with a fastball, right? And they're throwing at you, and you yeah. know they are. Yeah, that's going to make you mad. Well, I mean, everybody kind of says it after the the dust settles and everything. It's like, no, our intent is never to injure or hurt somebody or end somebody's career. But you're throwing ninety plus mm-hmm. miles per hour at somebody, and and Chapman's been known to do this, and well, and Chapman's some, known to right. have no control, no control, <laughs> but he's known to be targeting people and batters and stuff like this. And I know it's part of the game and the history of we're going to protect our players because our player got hit, mm-hmm. and we're going to retaliate. But do you guys believe in that sense anymore because yes. of the amount of injuries that come along yes. with it? Getting hit in the hand, that costs, at, you know, broken hand, you're out six weeks. I mean, you are. And to pitch at, to throw at the best player, because that's what you got to do. That's how you retaliate and show that we're not afraid to throw at your best player. Uh, to me, I feel like it needs to kind of calm down a little bit because... You don't want to end somebody's career. So I would like to kind of answer, but rephrase kind of what you're saying, Mm -hmm. because I am all for if you are intentionally throwing at my guy, Mm -hmm. I am going to come back Mm -hmm. and I'm going to hit your guy. Yeah. Now, am I going to say aim for his head? No. I'm going to say aim for his mid Mm -hmm. or his butt. Yeah. But still, you're aiming for the batter. Sure. Um, because in my opinion, as a player or a coach, mm-hmm. I got to stick up for my guy. Sure. If you're a good teammate, you're going to stick up for your guy. Right. You may not agree with hitting him may not be how you see fit, but they threw, you know, in a sense, they threw the first punch in sure. this scenario. I'm standing up for my guy. Right. If it turns into a brawl, I'm expecting all my players out on that field. Which will happen. And there was a little bit of a uh, an argument between Verlander and um, 
Martinez that game because Martinez went over to the Yankee side and was trying to cool them down and talk to him and was laughing at I mean, some point. I'm all Verlander for, I'm all took for the offense. Though. Sure, but Verlander took offense to that because he's like, you really should be standing with us because and not mm-hmm. laughing with the Yankees right now because we just got sucker punched and this whole entire thing got blown out of hand. I understand yeah. from Verlander's side why he would be upset with Martinez, but in situations like that, it's like, who has the calmer head? If I wasn't managing either one of those teams, the retaliation, yes, I get that. But at the same time, I would be yelling at the umpires, I would be yelling at the other team, expressing my frustration that you're throwing at my players. I mean, in the in the umpire scenario, though, they gotta they gotta keep the peace. They do, and they understand mm-hmm. that okay, this could get out of hand. Mm-hmm. But, but at the same but, but, ti- at the, the same time, you're gonna. I'm thinking in the eyes of an umpire. Mm-hmm. Okay, for example, okay, let's say. Araldis Chapman threw at this guy on purpose. Right. I gotta give the other team an opportunity to get their shot in, and then I'm issuing the warning. But it went on because all series. You, that I game. know. Crazy. But you how also that have to take into account it went over multiple games. True. The minute that game ends, start new. Start yeah. new. Yeah. Yeah. If you're know. seriously that concerned about it before the game starts, you're allowed to issue a warning. Uh huh. Which I believe one game they did, and they it, did. And it didn't beginning. matter. Right, it didn't matter. But <laughs> at that point, the the, pot, the at, kettle was boiling. But at that point, when the game ends, as an umpire, you are told you have to forget mm-hmm. for the next day. Yeah. If you are overly concerned, issue the warning prior to the game, but you can't come in with a vendetta. Sure. Which I've seen more than once with an umpire where they've tossed people out because they come back the next day with a vendetta. Yeah. And uh, that's not cool. No, it's not cool. That's not cool. Well, uh, you know, the fights can end people's career. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we went to that batting practice at Comerica. Thank you again, Ethan. Um, and uh, Dave Rosema, who was throwing us batting practice, his career was ultimately ended by a fight mm-hmm. where he decided to throw some kind of karate kick and <laughs> tore up his knee and yeah. he was done. Yeah. Uh, he never pitched the same after that, and he was out of baseball not long after yeah. that. So, and and you know these guys are young; they're like you. They've got still got all that testosterone going, and and you know sometimes stupid things happen. Yeah. Anyway, I'm not I'm not for baseball brawls. Most of the time, it's just kind of holding on to each other. But True. when they start throwing punches, yeah, it's scary. Well. Uh, <laughs> is it worth getting into a brawl over stealing signs? <laughs> See, okay. that's uh, here. So <laughs> I, I, I absolutely love it when you watch a game and you see the catcher come out to the pitcher, and you don't see it as much anymore. But when catchers really used to pay attention and see that their signs were being relayed mm-hmm. from a runner or a coach, yep, you know they come out, they give a nice glare mm-hmm. or point at you. Sure. You know, in my opinion. If you're the catcher and your signs are being stolen in a legit way, mm-hmm. not how you know the news of the Astros piece is coming out, mm-hmm. but if I, if you're the catcher, I'm sorry, your signs are being stolen. That's on you because yeah. you're doing something that is tipping to the other team, or your True. pitcher is doing something that but, is tipping to the other team. But with it being on television and televised, where they can see what the catcher's calling, but that's, that's a little. But that's different. on a delay, though. That's the thing. The the uh, the cameras that the teams have placed, those are live. What you see on the TV is a delay. True. 
because you can listen to the play on the radio and it hasn't even happened on the TV. That's right. true. But, you know, with what Mike Fires has released in his statements, mm-hmm. I realistically think you go, and I know a lot of MLB, MLB teams have already said, well, we don't do that. We have cameras in the outfield, but we don't do that. Yeah. I guarantee you interview half of every Major League Baseball team, that's not going to be the response. If there if there's a threatening of a punishment, if you do not tell the full truth, there would be a punishment. I bet you every team in Major League Baseball would be heavily screwed with this. Well, is with everything that's going on with this and it was released from Mike Fires who I actually enjoyed having him in Detroit. I thought he was a really good pitcher. I thought he brought a lot of uh Clubhouse leadership, I believe he was supportive, some very supportive. Of, well, I mean, Rally Goose, come on, we all remember Rally Goose. He kind of was the one that. Thank goodness there was a vet there. I love, <laughs> I loved Rally Goose, but it's it's weird that he would just come out and kind of you know blow the whistle on all of this. What does that say about the Houston organization as a whole? That one player that played for you. Is coming out and wants to put you on blast like that for something that's cute. He could say, "Oh, the clubhouse was, you know, uh, and there was no management, there was no talk, you know, all this other stuff." He could have said something like that, but he blew a pretty big whistle when it comes to cheating, uh, and for him to be on that team is is confusing to me because like what is what I don't think the Houston Astros are as squeaky clean as we thought they were now. Well, let's let's talk about this first. At what point does stealing signs become cheating? Only when you're using outside material. So in my when, opinion, if a player or a coach on the field, in the field of play, mm-hmm. Can relay the signs and knows what's happening. Yeah, that's completely legit. Sure, because you're paying you, attention to the game. Right, you, you strategically got, are using it because you understood their yeah. their mythology. So if, you're watching you're watching the third base coach. You're watching the the, the manager in the dugout. Mm-hmm. You've you've picked up something where, you know, this is an indicator. If he goes here and then goes here, that's a steal, or this is a bunt, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you, you you can relay that to your guys so they know to watch for mm-hmm. that. Is that that's not cheating? No, in my opinion, that is baseball IQ. Or if yeah. you can see the happening. catcher's signs. Let's say you're the third base coach or first base coach, mm-hmm. and you you can see the way the catcher holds their hand yep. for a fastball. Yeah, yep. tip in and 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 there's a way you can let the batter know. Maybe yeah. you clap your hands twice, or or I don't know something. Mm-hmm. So the batter knows a fastball's coming. Mm-hmm. Is that cheating? No, nope. no, okay. I don't think so. It's the it's, electronic element, yeah. Where uh, you know the guys on the field have done everything they can to hide what they're doing, mm-hmm. and you've got a spy, mm-hmm. yeah, rather than somebody involved yeah. in the game, right? Okay, I think that's fair because mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I, I don't want to be a cheater, but you know. I do play with some guys who are not real good at hiding what they're calling. Sure. And, you know, you can see, oh, this is a fastball, so we'll we'll yell, Corey, have a, have a day or something. We'll mm-hmm. say your first name. Mm-hmm. That's a fastball. Yeah. Or we'll say, hey, Stuart, give it a rip. Yep. You know, that's a breaking ball. Yeah. We don't say anything. It's because we don't know. Right. Yeah. Right? But um, 
I don't think that's cheating. That's no, just no, saying, no. hey, I, the you, guy's showing us what he's calling. And, and you understood it. I get that side and of it, it. But there are also guys who, when they bat, they don't want to know. True. Right. True. I, and In fact, I don't want to know. Uh, yeah, and I, I agree with you on that because like it, it, it sets your mind up differently when approaching the plate. It does because you already have the mindset of, of trying to read the pitcher and how he's throwing and where he's throwing at for at least the first couple of pitches. And then you start to get into that groove. And I think good baseball players do that. And if somebody's relaying you and telling you something else, your mindset is, okay, he is going to throw me a fastball. But then all of a sudden that sign was read differently or it was released differently and it wasn't mm-hmm. a fastball and you're swinging it. You know, five feet off the plate. Yeah. Well, and that's that's why teams have you know multiple sets of signs. Sure. Because you know, realistically, you should be assuming somebody's stolen your signs. Right. And that's the other thing. Fans need to understand. Teams scout other teams. Mm-hmm. They know what your signs are pretty much. Yeah. If they watch the games and they have an understanding of what you tend to do. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you know, with owners and people saying the Astros should be stripped of their title, I think it's absolutely ridiculous. I, I don't think that, I think, yeah, and I agree with you on that because it's it's a little, woo, egregious of just being like, get rid of all of them, just cut down all their accolades and everything. But when you looked back at that season and you actually looked at the batting averages of Altuve, Springer, um, who else was on? Uh, had Bregman. Bregman. Uh, you looked at all their, at, you looked at their, ho- their home their home batting averages yeah. versus their away batting averages. Holy God, there is an actual difference in when they were away away from mm-hmm. Houston versus when they're playing, you know, at now, home. I would love to point this out. That happens for a majority of sure. major league players. Which means Which means it could be because of sign stealing, or it could just be they're more comfortable hitting home. in their home ballpark. But that's uh, but the, that doesn't the, add to their their case when it comes to but yeah. The being funny, at home. the funniest thing of this whole thing is, is you can go on to Google and you can search. There are these theorists that are mm-hmm. going around putting out you know here's how they're stealing signs, here's how they were stealing signs. It's kind of funny to be watching some of these videos or reading some of these articles Mm -hmm. where you have like 15 different scenarios and how they've been stealing signs. With a lot of them, there are issues with how these theorists believe signs are being stolen. Mm -hmm. Whistling is probably the biggest one. I mean, yes, the players are on the field, the managers, whatever, and you're close enough where you can hear a whistle. If I'm batting, I ain't listening for a whistle. I've got to be paying attention. <laughs> yeah. So whistling theory is out the window. Sure. I mean, that could just be something that somebody in the dugout's doing to piss off the other team. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, at Bowling Green, we'd be chatting at the pitcher the entire game just to yeah. piss off the other well, team. Well, and also I think umps are, are a little less patient when it comes to racket coming from the, um, you know— Actually, I think, I think they like it. Do they? I, I think they really? do. I think it, I think they get a kick out of it because you don't see it much at the major league level. Sure. So when you get you get they got the players up and going. Yeah. I think it brings a little bit more excitement at the game. Oh sure. But the the most ironic one that they have put out, which I would love to see proof of because I think it's hilarious, is players wearing band aid like stickers that buzz depending on what pitch is coming. What the heck? I uh, never we, know. James Bond? Are we playing? Are they a, James I, Bond technology now? <laughs> I have one of these uh, smartwatches. Right. And when I have the uh, guidance on in the car, mm-hmm. 
I, I get close to my turn. Yes, it'll go off. I can off. feel the vibration right. on my wrist. Sure. Uh, but it, I, I guess anything's possible. You know, maybe they've got something in their ear. I, I just think as a batter, mm-hmm. I would find that distracting. Yes. Now, maybe other guys would say, man, I really want to know when his mm-hmm. fastball's coming. You know, I, I think if, um, I think the game is becoming so technical. Yeah. That it's losing a, a lot of its allure to fans. Yeah, and I think this, that's a huge this, job. Why this will yeah. hurt the game yeah. if this becomes a bigger and bigger controversy. And, yeah. I, and I mean, I think it is a bigger controversy than people think because realistically, any team could do what the Houston Astros are doing. Right. And I find it interesting. Mike Fire secures a a, a longer term deal with the team, mm-hmm. and now he's speaking out. I think he was smart enough to wait till he got a three or two year deal before he opened his mouth yeah. and gets alienated by all of Major League Baseball. Sure. Well, don't you think he was hurt that uh, the, the Astros, Astros didn't also, make that deal with him? Well, I think maybe he's more butthurt that the Astros were the one that eliminated the uh, Athletics to begin with. Yeah. Um, maybe I don't know. It just it's it, just really bizarre timing. It is. I feel like maybe somebody in the organization pissed him off, and that's why he's like, "Okay, well, yeah, yeah, you said this one thing, or you did this one thing to me. Bye. You're, you're, you're. I'm gonna, I'm gonna release all the pigeons right now." So, would you consider that an integrity move or a? I would consider that actually just... kind of coward, uh, okay. a cowardice in terms of what Mike did, only because there is, there, it's an unspoken rule about baseball that. You have to respect the game in all senses of respect players, respect managers, respect the way the game is being played. Respect and the organizations or, you've been a part of. Respect the organizations, and for somebody because of their because they're hurt or they're angry at an organization to come out and just say, "Well, you know, this is going to get all over news, and I'm going to hurt you in the worst way." It, it's cowardice, I think it is, because you're just you're. You're going. You're being a tattletale. That's what you are because you didn't get I the toy can, that I you wanted. I completely agree. Yeah. So if if during a game, the umpire, any of the umpires, mm-hmm. determines that they're cheating using electronics, mm-hmm. what should be done? Call the game. Say the other team wins, and then investigation on on why that team was using it during that game. Yeah. Okay. Or you put the game like. Anything else, you put the game under protest, you play the game out. Afterwards, you investigate what you believe you saw. Sure. If it is found that you did, the the final score does not matter. The opposing team that was not using gets the victory like they've done throughout. There have been times I believe that actually makes more sense for the the commercializing. Because it had to do with the uh, the Apple Watch. The Yankees had an issue with the Red Sox having an Apple Watch in the dugout. And they had scouts in the stands. Yeah, They called the game under protest. Mm-hmm. They investigated the Red Sox. I believe it was the Red Sox wearing the Apple Watch, not the Yankees. It was. They were found guilty. 
Yeah. The Yankees got the victory. Well, you know that we can never call the Tigers, as of right now, cheaters, because if we were cheaters, maybe, we'd be winning a lot more games. Maybe we're holding, <laughs> maybe we're holding off because we know how, <laughs> how how bizarre it would look if we were winning. Or we, or, or we were really trying to cheat, and we just couldn't figure it out. <laughs> I'm, I can't tell. Is that a two or a one the camera's putting down? Well, speaking of signs, and uh, speaking of... Uh, uh, well, good, speak- good, good segue. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of signs, you know there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of for sale signs around. Nice. And you might be thinking of buying a home. Uh, I'd, I'd like to recommend to you uh, Century Mortgage Lending. Uh, we're proud to have them as a sponsor. Uh, you might be considering refinancing your home. If you're looking to buy a home, you want to get pre-approved. You need to give them a call. 248-258-4977. This is a great time to be buying. Rates are incredibly low. If you're happy where you are, you need to give these folks a call and see if it's time for you to refinance and lower your rate. You don't necessarily have to lengthen the uh, the timing of your mortgage, the, the amortization of your mortgage. Uh, you know, you've got you've maybe started with a, a thirty year, and you you've got twenty years left. Maybe maybe you could refinance to a fifteen year for the same or lower payment. Mm. Be a good time to do that. They do no cost loans. Uh, give Elizabeth or Paul a call over at Century Mortgage Lending. They're at their website CenturyML.com. Century Mortgage Lending two four eight. 258-4977, NMLS number 134-525. We're very thankful for their sponsorship. Very thankful. Well, we talked about uh, some free agents. Who's been signed, Ethan? So, first we got up the great, the wonderful Yasmani Grandal, who had an all-star season last year and uh, really shook up his value. Four years, $73 million with the Chicago White Sox. Hmm. That is the largest contract the White Sox have ever given out. Well, they signed somebody else, too, another big they, they, I mean, they, they re-signed their uh, cornerstone first baseman, Jose Abreu, three years, $50 million, and uh, he definitely gave them the hometown discount. So McCann's looking for a new home right now? You know, ironically, he's not a free agent. Really? Really. I, I think he I think he, he may had be, a good year in he may Chicago. Be traded. He did. He could be traded, but he's not a free agent, so he can't just walk out. No, I know, but he's that's uh he's probably going to be looking for a new home, come midseason oh, or I beginning. Unless they just put him as a backup catcher, which would be interesting. Quite interesting for as young as he is, and and to Jess's point, a, a, a good season, a good season, after you know. Mm-hmm. Playing with the Tigers for well, so long. it helps if you get some guys batting around you. Sure, you know if if you know they're not going to throw you anything to hit, at least that you can pull. And he, you know, there's a guy he's got a lot of strength. Mm-hmm. But you know you can keep the ball away from him if you walk him a few times, or you, you know, so what? Because you can get the next guy. If you're if you're pitching against the Tigers, there's only one guy in the whole in the whole dugout you care about. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. One guy. And he's hurt. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, who is it? It's Cabrera. For sure. 
that over these last few seasons, people just kept throwing the ball right by. Well, I I, I get that. But what I'm saying is that's the only major leaguer that was on the team this year. Mm -hmm. These guys, you know, Chicago's got some, they're an up and coming team. Chicago signs a couple more free agents, get lucky down out in the farm club. They could be a contender. Yeah. I, I agree. The only thing that concerns me is the back end of that bullpen and a true ace in that starting rotation. They got a good young rotation. They need a they need a veteran guy who can kind of guide them. But also signing What's Doug Fister doing? <laughs> What's Doug Fister doing? I don't know. I think he's in retirement. Oh, okay. Uh but Travis Darno signs a two year sixteen million dollar contract with the Atlanta Braves who the Atlanta Braves had also re-signed a catcher of theirs from last year in Tyler Flowers, mm-hmm. but they also lost catcher Brian McCann due to retirement. So yeah. they bring in Travis Darno, who last year was with the uh, the Tampa Bay Rays. Yes, I believe so. Well, if uh, Chicago needs some help at the back of their uh, bullpen, we let go a pretty good lefty, I think. My favorite lefty. Well, and and I think Stumpf is also available. He is. So is Blaine Hardy. One of my, that was my favorite Blaine bullpen Hardy. piece for the Tigers because he was consistent. A lefty, a little guy relative to the rest of the league. And he made a start this past season, and, and he did well. He did everything the Tigers asked him to do. Exactly. I don't he was know. A, he was a bulldog. I, I am a Stumpf guy, and it's sure. more because of the bulldog approach he brought when he pitched. Yes. He... Here's here's the deal. If you look at any Tigers pitcher. Mm-hmm. Who had an ERA under 475 with a team that had a defense, that ERA would have been much lower. Oh, yeah. Much lower. Yeah. And it isn't, it isn't because of errors as much as it is balls they don't get to because they're, they're not major league players. Yeah, the speed's not there. I mean, that's why. They might have the speed. They don't it, have in, the inju- instincts. Yeah, yet. and injury was a plague. I mean,. We were really hoping to see a lot from Jacoby Jones this season. Not yeah. so much. He's not a center fielder in my mind. As a starting center fielder, I think he's. I think he can play a lot of that. We didn't have a right fielder because after we decided to let go of Castianos, even when we had Castianos, we didn't have yeah. a right fielder. Left field was open which, for debate everywhere. Which that name though, Castianos, is a big name floating around the White agency. Sox. Yeah, you won't be seeing me taking him. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's a big name floating around sure. Chicago. Is uh, Nicholas Castellanos? Their weighing is the defense worth, you know, bringing him in or not? I could see Cleveland maybe taking a look at him. Cleveland's going down the crapper. Yeah, the whole they're, AL they're, Central they're, is. Well, it's funny. The Twins are going to keep rising. Sure. Chicago's going to keep rising. Yeah. If. Cleveland does what everybody expects them to do in trading Francisco Lindor yeah. and possibly trading Corey Kluber. Yeah. Um, Cleveland could be worse than Detroit next year. Yeah, well, and that's saying sure. And, and, and Kipnis is a free agent. He's a yeah, free Kipnis agent as well. is a free agent. But then you look at like Kansas City, and they, for some odd reason, as much They're as they be in the middle, they but they. Do the rebuild right. I mean, they really do the rebuild right. They've had done it in the past. They've they continued to do it. They've they've gone back to back World Series and won one. They've seen you know their ins and outs, and then they just lo- they just moved their manager position this year. It's the Kansas City does it right. Why can't we take that formula as a Tigers organization who has has been 
competitive in the last decade. Not recently, but then all of a sudden, it, the formula is there. Cleveland's mm-hmm. done it. Chicago's done it. Kansas City's done it. Minnesota has done it in crazy ways of just saying, we're just going to throw our players out there, and we're going to win games. That's all it is. I would like to point out, Kansas City has always done a good job of rebuilding their position players. Mm -hmm. If you look at when they went to the World Series back-to-back years, most of their pitching staff was trade deadline acquisitions Mm -hmm. or free agents that they signed for one year, Mm -hmm. and good 80% of them would not crack his top three rotation sure. on any of those other playoff teams. Yeah. yeah. So I don't consider them to be a great rebuilder overall mm-hmm. because a lot of their success came from making the trades mm-hmm. when they needed to. Yep. And they have not been able to develop any quality pitching, which is the one success that the Tigers are having in this upcoming year. You've already had to add certain guys to your 40-man roster so that that they're not in the Rule 5 draft, yeah, which means we could be getting a look at some of the future success sure. that the Tigers will have coming in the coming years. Sure. And what what should the Tigers do? Well, The only guy they didn't protect that's going to get in the Rule 5 that bothers me, because I really like this Robson. guy, is Robson. Yeah, I like him. I like the way he plays. I like that he's a little guy. <laughs> I, I, you know, I like that he's Canadian. I love all that stuff. So, about interestingly enough, I don't think he's going to be taken. Really? I don't. Um, while he's high up on the Tigers board, in, in, in respect of who our top 30 prospects are, outfield is where a lot of teams are set. At the major league level, which is where he would have to go mm-hmm. if he was selected. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless a team like Cincinnati, that's the only like kind of teams that I'm thinking of, where you're thinner or you're trying to go completely young at that position. But a lot of teams are, are set in the outfield. Yeah. And to know that if he if he doesn't play well, you gotta pretty much in a sense sell him back to the other team, mm-hmm. I, I think you're going to see more pitchers taken than anything because it's sure. a lot easier to hold on to a pitcher for a whole year than it is a position player. True. So what? I, let me ask my questions again. What should the Tigers do? I think the Tigers need to take a good look at uh, this guy. The White Sox just put on the uh, waiver wire and Yolmer Sanchez, 27 year old second baseman. He didn't have a great year last year. Are you saying we need a, we need help up the middle? We do. <laughs> we need help. And uh, Yomer Sanchez, I thought he was. You know, I think he's got a good bat. He's got a above average defense. If I'm the Tigers, I'm saying we got to take a look at what it would cost to bring a guy like this in. Yeah. Because he's still a younger guy. Mm-hmm. He's got speed. He's got defense. As long as the bat gets to where it was at one point. That's a great pickup. 27 years old, yeah, and we just really were filtering around. We were really moving pieces around just to fill that gap mm-hmm. at second base. Uh, Nico Goodrum and Ronnie Rodriguez, and he was <laughs> just everybody that you could name. I think uh, yeah. they actually pulled one of the guys selling popcorn like from the stands one time and just said, just stand right here. I mean, we really were moving around pieces so many times mm-hmm. that you— for me as a Tigers fan, and I watched the games this past season, it was hard to keep up with the lineup. I mean, it really was. You couldn't—back in the day, you'd be like, yeah, okay, yeah. 
Kinsler's playing second. You know that's happening. Iglesias is playing shortstop. You have... There, uh, there's a free agent name for you. Iglesias? Yeah. Do we bring him back because do we just need somebody in there? Or Would, would Iglesias have been as good a better option for us than anybody else we had playing there this yeah. year? Yeah, definitely. Defensively, yes. Offensively, it would what, have been a debate. What did our guys who played shortstop hit this year? Jordy well, Mercer started hitting. Mercer to, started bringing the heat a little bit more. I mean, he got to You got to take all those guys, add them together, yeah, divide. T- take them all together <laughs> yeah. and, and buy game and you know do the math. Yeah. I would bet it's not over 230. Oh, I was going to go 190 <laughs> if you took the I'm just, average. I'm just throwing a number out there that I know Iglesias can hit. Oh, yeah. And Iglesias gives you some speed. He's great with the glove mm-hmm. and would have been worth keeping. Yeah. Just in my opinion. Yeah. And he's available now. How old is he? Yeah, Iglesias got to be 30. 20, 28, 29. I have it written down here somewhere. He's 30. 30. Okay, yeah. there you go. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, I, I, I just, it frustrates me. How could how could a major league team lose 114 games <laughs> out of 161 played? Mm-hmm. Wow! It's it's it's, it's because we because in my opinion and and looking back on the season, Avila wasn't willing to try. Yes, yeah, he already had it set in his mind that there was no winning chance in mm-hmm. that division. I well, didn't. He, w- he wasn't wrong though. He that's, wasn't. That's the thing. That's fine. And if you're trying to do a proper rebuild, I'm fully supportive of what he did. He oh, yeah. did not make any rash decisions. Yeah, like a Dombrowski I, I mean, move. <laughs> I mean, I am against the one trade that he made with Shane Green and what he got in return because I think we got royally screwed at the time before Shane Green completely fell apart. Fell apart, fell apart in, right? In Atlanta, but I think he could have gotten more than what he got. Sure. But that's the only gripe I got against him this year. Yeah. It was hard to kind of make any real big move trades. So do we blame this season on Dave Dombrowski? No. On the deals he made that left the cupboard bare? I I, I still have a little, I'm still a little scarred for what he did um, in terms of choosing Osmus. It wasn't Avila's choice Mm -hmm. to have Osmus for that long. Now, granted, Avila could have easily been like, okay, year two. We still have competition inside of us, and we're still failing at that level, and we missed the playoffs of Osmus' tenure. He only made the playoffs once. Yeah. Uh, And then all of a sudden, year three came around, and it got worse. And then year four came around, and it was like, let's just hold on to him, and then we'll let him go. But let's let's have him have there. I'm a little hurt in in that sense that Dombrowski made those choices, and we are stuck with a lot of those contract moves. Yeah, and I, and I think we have to remember, though, when Dombrowski left and when Al was given the the run of the team. Mm-hmm. Because Dombrowski's only been gone for, realistically, if you look at it, three years. Three years. And we've had Ron Gardner here already for two seasons. Yep. Which means you had one season where Al Avila could have fired Brad Osmus. Could have. And he didn't. Nope. But at the same time... The start of your rebuild was the day you traded away Justin Upton yep. and uh, J.D. Martinez. Yep. Both those deals were not a Al Avila deal. Both those deals were Dave Dombrowski. Yep. From what Al has done via the draft and via some of the trades he's done, he's made the Tigers 
future as it if it pans out mm-hmm. to be one of the best and most most flourishing in okay. a long time yeah. of homegrown talent. Sure. Now if like we all know, not all prospects will hit what they, you know, are projected to hit. But if we hit on 60% of these guys, mm-hmm. you got a contender for the the amount of time you can keep them as a group. Sure. Well, you know, uh, Riley Green, first round draft mm-hmm. choice is not going to be in the big leagues for another two years, probably. He's moving quick, though. But he's moving quick. Well, he's at A-ball. So, you know, I mean, it gets it gets tough for every— Oh, sure. And he's young. Sure. And, oh, my goodness. Uh, but it does look like we've got some pitching in Mize, Fiedel, Manning. I mean, there there's some guys coming up. And it looks like they're all going to kind of come up together. The, the only person— kind of cool. The only person that will beat— them up because he's already technically beat them up is Bo Burrows because he was added to the 40 man roster. Yes. Realistically, though, at the end of the 2020 season, you could be seeing a rotation every once in a while of Mize, Manning, could see Scooball, could see Fiedo. Mm-hmm. I think Fiedo is probably the last one to come up between Mize, Manning, Fiedo. Sure. Um, and that's only because. He's still got some things to work through. What do we do with Fulmer? You wait and see what you he hope can he recovers. Do. Yeah. yeah, I'm really hoping this doesn't turn into a Bonderman situation. Well, it is what it, I mean. It, it, the human body can only do so much. Sure, you know, and, sure, I get it. But man, it would just be heartbreaking to see somebody who we ha- we really kind of saw leading the charge once we kind of swept away everything else from the past. And Fulmer was supposed to be that dominant, really aggressive pitcher, almost like a a mirrored image of how Verlander pitched his first couple of years. And then all of a sudden the injuries started happening. And then all of a sudden it was like dead you know, dead arm. And mm-hmm. then all this other stuff. And then it really turned into this and then elbow issues and all this other stuff. If you think about the the torque, the the mm-hmm. the strain, the stress on your body, not just your arm. Yeah. You know, something on your, you know, your back starts hurting, your hip starts hurting or something. It changes what happens with your arm while you're pitching. Right. And, you know, you really need to get his whole body healthy yeah. and see what you have. Yeah. Hey, um, I think you have something you want to read. There's an event coming yes, up. Yes, there is an event coming up. At the GCF. Aha, uh-huh. a.k.a. Kobo, Kobo, which we keep saying because we all know if you're if you're a Michigander and you've been around the Detroit area, yeah, it's still Kobo to me. But uh, yeah, the Michigan Sneaker Exchange, uh, our friends Juan, Jake, and Julian uh, from Labels and Logos, uh, and uh, they own the store Loose Cannon Flagship in Ferndale, Michigan, are going to be hosting the Michigan Sneaker Exchange. That's X change with an X uh, at the TCF Center on December seventh. So it's coming up real quick because we are Thanksgiving is. Thursday, holy mackerel. Uh, and vendors from around the state will be in attendance swapping sneakers and showing off their latest trends in fashion. Uh, that's December 7th from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. Uh, $20 online or at the door. Uh, you can get your tickets. And if you want to be a vendor, you can get tables uh, at Michigan Sneaker X, the letter X, change.com. Um, these are great guys. They put on a wonderful sneaker exchange. Uh, it's really interesting to see the dynamic that they have with you know vendors and all these really amazing shoes that they have and you know the bargainings and you know you, you see a lot of 
different types of fashion, and it's a world all on its own. And uh, I've been to a few of them. And, and if you and if you're somebody who who trades these sneakers and mm-hmm. you want to you want to have an exhibit there, yep. That's the website to get a hold of them. That is the website, yep. Or is there a phone number for them? No phone number right now, but you can get onto their Facebook too. Um, yeah, and check out you know all the details in there. We'll have the banners and flyers up on our you know Facebook and social media, NRM Streamcast on Facebook on. Uh, Twitch or on Twitter, Twitch. Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, Andy got into my head. Twitter and Instagram, so you can cool. get all that information. And uh, I see, I see down. Ian around here with those cool shoes. On. I know. And, you know, I'm, I'm space I'm shoes. Starting to get into it. Yep. Hey, you guys didn't answer my questions. What? My question: What should the Tigers do? And I think you did answer it by saying. Who knows? Who knows? (laughs) All right. So what other news is there? Uh, Hall of Fame ballot. What's going on? So the Hall of Fame ballot was announced over a week ago, and we kind of talked a little bit about it last last show, but we really didn't get into it. Any Tigers? No Tigers. Well, Well, who cares? Take take that back. No. You got Gary Sheffield, Sheffield, who was a Tiger at one point. Jose Valverde. You also have Carlos Pena. Omar Vescal. Wow. I mean, you can I mean, still counts. I mean, he was wearing but, a tiger jersey. But he was going. But this is going in, I believe, as a pl- as a player. As a player I know, I not as a coach. Yeah. I still want to um, just hold on to that. <laughs> well, you can also add Brad Penny to that list. Sure. There was a name oh. to remember. Yep, um, it wasn't a big success here for sure. But realistically, you got one guy and one guy only who will more than likely be another unanimous Hall of Famer, mm-hmm. and of course, he happens to be a former Yankee, and that's Derek Jeter. And the former Kellen Totally Zeman. understandable, by mm-hmm. the way. Yep. And uh but I realistically think five there are five or six guys who have a legit shot at getting close or getting into the Hall of Fame this year. So here's a name on the list. Josh Beckett. No. Really? No. Okay. <laughs> he had a good first few years and he crapped the bed for the rest of his career. <laughs> no. Hey, uh I, of the guys you mentioned. You know, I, I'm left-handed. I play first base. Yes, mm-hmm. you do, because that's the only place they'll let me play. <laughs> and uh, I loved watching Carlos Pena play first base. Okay. Yes, great defensive first baseman. Mm-hmm. A lot of power in that bat. Yep. Mm-hmm. Very few guys, when they're holding a runner on first base, come off the bag when the pitch is delivered as aggressively and as as ready to field the ball as he did. So I, I really liked the way he played. So I actually, you know, I, I went and went through the ballot, and I put my 10 down that if I had a realistic vote, a real vote, these are the 10 guys I would vote for. And I did put down two first basemen that I think have had better careers than Carlos Pena. Well, okay. I'm not saying he had a Hall of Fame career. What I'm saying was I really mm-hmm. enjoyed watching mm-hmm. him play first base. And the guy already got his props because in the movie Moneyball, he was, he was one of the trade guys. Uh-huh. But he was also traded for, you know, a year supply of soda. That was also the sweetener in the deal. Soda. I see what you did there. We call it pop here. Well, I was going more sweetener, soda. Yeah, I, no, I yeah, see okay. where, I see you, where you went down Thank that you, one. Corey. I like that. Yeah. Uh, I also see something else here. Uh, you've got a letter here from Bernie Sanders. Yes. Uh, regarding the the uh, downsizing of minor league baseball. Mm-hmm. And this is maybe one of the few things uh, Senator Sanders and I would agree on. I don't like the idea 
of diminishing minor league baseball. Yeah, and as a Tiger fan, you shouldn't be for this because two teams in the Tiger system are on the chopping block, and mm. that being Erie and Connecticut. So you shouldn't be thrilled unless you are willing to lose two minor league teams. Well, especially with who's coming up through those systems and how well they're being taught and what they're learning. Yeah, I'm I'm concerned about this. I mean, I'm for I'm for Erie, not so much being cut, but being relocated closer to the Detroit area. Okay. I mean, yes, it's already pretty it's already no. (laughs) I mean it's already pretty close. But I think Grand Rapids would be an interesting spot because you already got the Grand Rapids Griffins. Yeah, the Grand Rapids drive. Yeah. Why not put the the tie? Well, you have the white caps. You have the white caps there too. That's that's more Kalamazoo-ish, isn't it? No, it's no, Grand, Rapids. Grand Rapids. It's right Grand Rapids, up there, yeah. Okay. So I mean, but I I like what you're saying because of the gonna, dynamic yeah. of Grand Rapids and how good of a city it is. Yeah. You could put them somewhere like Holland, the Holland, no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, no. Benton Harbor. <laughs> <laughs> but I I would love to point out in the second paragraph of this letter, I gotta give Senator Sanders. <laughs> Props for creativity uh-huh. because of how he starts it. As James Earl Jones' character in Field of Dreams says, the one constant through all the years has been baseball. True statement. I mean, true statement. Man. Baseball, Ray. Baseball. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, he made a great point right there. I don't know. He did. I don't know if that's a copyright, you know, point being made. No, but, no, he, he uh, was quoting. He, he, he was quoting. It. He contributed it to Field of Dreams. Yeah, he quoted it. So uh, good for him for knowing the game of baseball and being in love with the game of baseball. Or um, just knowing one movie. Sure. <laughs> I mean, hey, by the way, we're gonna have a baseball movie special. Yes, one we of these are. Days, mm-hmm. If we can get Mr. Russell on, on our mm-hmm. show. The great Greg Russell. Hey, uh, there's a there's a managerial opening still in baseball. Have you guys gotten your call yet? No. Uh, no. Um, I got a call from uh, a telemarketer the other day. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think they were trying to call me, but it said potential spam on my phone. I'm just, hey, well, the, at least they give that to you. I wish my phone would do that. Yeah, I know. I would love to manage in Pittsburgh. I like the Bradenton... Uh, uh, whole complex down there. People would think it's the second coming of Jim Leland. There you go. And he, he already uh, managed <laughs> That's there. what I'm saying. And uh, I would use a little less harsh language on my, on the next... Uh, anyway. We, we've, <laughs> we've all seen the video. Yep. Uh, Clint Hurdle, I feel bad for him. I, you know, great career as a manager, right? Uh, you know his... I'm going you know. to keep my... Uh, my my opinions about what I've heard about that culture to okay. myself. I heard I heard that uh, it, it it was really hard for that organization to stay. Uh, what's the best word? Above, uh, board? above yeah, Ooh. something like that. I heard it's not the greatest organization. This is a- like a- this any, is coming any, from former players like yeah. Andrew McCutcheon was said yeah. he was never really appreciated in Pittsburgh. He said he loved playing. At PNC, he loved being in that jersey, but when it came down to operations and you know the higher ups, it was really hard to be noticed. And for a player like McCutcheon yeah. to come out and kind of say that, that's kind of that says a lot about the organization. Well, and another thing that I, I wasn't going to bring up, but I think back on it, we have talked about it before. Culture, mm-hmm. Clint Hurdle, everywhere he has been. Mm-hmm. There have always been reports that it is a 
it is a intense not you know not good culture there is something about every place he has been where players are on edge yeah sure and maybe it's him maybe it's not but some something that happens. Well, you got to remember he's he's the he's the old school. He's he comes from the old school a little bit. He is one of the older managers in the league. And when you go around and you look at a lot of the older managers, even Garden Hire right now, there is a you have to kind of command that respect from your players. Otherwise, you aren't going to really you're going to fall into an osmus. I mean, <laughs> all I have it. to say about the Pittsburgh uh, opening is this. Great stadium, yes. PNC Park, one of my favorite, and if and, not my favorite, and, well, Milk America is an incredible fan base. If Huge. you've been there, the Pittsburgh fans know baseball; they love baseball, they and they'll wear the throwback stuff, mm-hmm. they wear the new stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, they love their team. You know, and it's right you next know, to Heinz Field too. You know who's going to end up there? Who's that? Brad Osmus. No. <laughs> Brad Osmus oh, going to Lord. Pittsburgh. Let's let's just write it no, in right I'm now. I'm pretty sure he's just gonna hang out in California <laughs> until like the right opportunity I comes. Mean, he, he's got one shot. He's got one more shot at getting into managing this year. I don't know that he'll try and pass it well, up. Who you knows? know, maybe third time's a charm. What about uh, you know you've got on here Ryan Costello passing away uh, from the Twins organization. I was just in Fort Myers where mm-hmm. they where mm-hmm. Costello yeah. played this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, just just a real tragedy. Twenty three years old. Yeah. And there was no, you know, no official announcement on what it was, but he just uh, natural causes is all. I yeah. Read. And he he missed a. He was in Australia, or New Zealand at a at yeah, a New workout Zealand. thing, and he unfortunately did not show. They were concerned. Went to his hotel room and found him. Unfortunately, he had passed away. Hey, we're running out of time. We wanted to get to some of these free agents that are out there to watch. You've got, you have just a small smattering of all the free agents out there. Mm -hmm. There there must be 80 of them. Well, as Corey and I were going through the list Mm -hmm. uh, prior to the show, there's more like 200? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, I looked at the 80 top ones then, I guess. mm -hmm. But, uh, uh, you know, I'm looking at a few people that... I think could help us. We need middle infield help. You know, what about Hernan Perez? Bring him back. Sure. He's had a decent he's had a decent career in Milwaukee. Uh-huh. Right? Anyway, we we can talk more about that next week. And you didn't get to quiz us. Well, we'll go back to that next week. No, just All ask right. the question now and we'll put it on our Facebook. Okay. What a manager, coach or player is ejected, they're asked to leave the field to play, but can they return to the stadium to watch the rest of the game? Watch, get on our Facebook page. Me and Jess will both post our answers on our Facebook page. So you have to see it there. And yeah. Yep, there we go. All right, let's play two.